My name's Adam. I'm one of the pastors here. I wish church always smelled like a bakery. This is, this is awesome. This is wonderful. Um, hey, it's so good to be here worshiping with you guys. Um, our band was, was off the charts today. Uh, guy, guy in the back there, Max, graduating high school on Thursday, playing on the band today. That's exciting. Um, hey, each and every week that we gather, we have this opportunity uh, to sing songs um, of worship, to open scripture, to enjoy community with one another. Um, and something else that we do each and every uh, week that we gather is express our worship through generosity um, by taking an offering. And so I'm going to invite our, our ushers to come forward. And uh, this morning, we're going to respond uh, to God's goodness through giving because Mosaic, it's, it's time to give. Hey, as those baskets are going by, um, I want to say a big happy Father's Day to all the dads in the room. Uh, we're so glad that you're here eating donuts. Feel free to eat an extra one if you're a dad today. You've earned it. Um, I'm on both sides of that equation. Uh, obviously, I, I have a dad, and I'm going to be sure to call him later today. This is your reminder, too. Um, and then I'm a, I'm a dad myself of, of three girls, and uh, I'm, I'm planning on them spoiling me today and, and really looking forward to that. Uh, but I just want to say to you, if you're a dad um, and you have children, or if you're a spiritual father and you uh, invest your life into other people, we see you, we appreciate you, um, we know that that's, that's a calling, it's something special and awesome. Uh, my, my Father's Day weekend has been really fun. Uh, I, uh, there is a group of dads um, who are part of Mosaic, I think there's six or seven of them, and they have started a tradition where every year during Father's Day weekend they go camping and they invite me to come along. And so I've, I just came home last night. I've been um, spending the last few days rafting and camping and having lots of fun. In fact, those families and my girls are still there, two of them anyways. And so, yeah, we just had a blast. And um, I went rafting yesterday, and I, I wisely put sunscreen all over, um, except for, like, the tops of my feet. Because you don't think about that. Like, but then I didn't have shoes on, and, oh, man, that was... I'm, I'm hurting a little bit today, um, but it's, it's okay. We're, we're going to pull through. Um, hey, it's, it's great to be with you. We're, we're in a reading, uh, a, a, a series called The Story that we started this year that's going um, along with a reading plan that we have. And week to week, whatever the re- wherever the reading plan takes us, um, our, our weekend talks are coming from there. And the last three Sundays, uh, we've been in the book of Proverbs Proverbs was, uh, just to catch you up, written by a man, a king named Solomon, who was given this amazing golden request from God to ask for anything he wanted. He could have asked to live forever. He could have asked for all the riches in the world. He could have asked for anything, and what he chooses to ask for is wisdom. And so scripture tells us that that he is the wisest person who has ever lived, and and being a wise person, knowing that his life is not infinite, he he, uh, has written and collected all this Proverbs and put them in a book for his children. And this this book that was written for his children of all of his wisdom has survived thousands of years all the way to where we are today. And so we're looking at this book because it's, it's written about wisdom and about wisdom for living. And we always like to distinguish that this isn't a book of, of formulaic promises, that if you do this, this will happen, and if you do this, this will happen. These are things that tend to be true. One of the ways that, that you could look at this, that I look at it, they're like, uh, like life hacks. You guys know about life hacks? I love a good life hack. Like this, that small thing that someone shows you about your daily life that just changes everything. 
I, I, I even have one for you. Uh, salt, salt and pepper. Yeah, have you ever noticed how salt comes out really fast and pepper not so much? Well, on the bottom of salt and pepper shaker, there, there's these ribs. And if you put the bottoms of them together and do this, pepper just comes flying out. That's what it was designed to do. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. So th- this is kind of like life hacks, but at a, at a really elevated level, at, at, at an eternal level, and at a relational level, at, at a financial level. This is, this is wisdom that this man has captured because God has blessed them, and he's wanting to pass it on to his kids. His time on earth is not going to last forever. He wants his wisdom to outlast him. And so he's, he's written this book, and he's given it to his kids. And it's, it's much uh, the same way I feel about my, my own children. I, I want there to be things that when I breathe my last and I'm gone, there's something that I have passed on to them, something that they have seen. And, and what we're going to read today in, in Proverbs 4 is, is Solomon telling them this wisdom, but, but not just giving them information and idle facts. He's telling them that this wisdom needs to get into their hearts, that it needs to be something that they believe, not this that they know. And then from there, to see it integrated into their daily living, this wisdom that he's giving to them, how does it get into their hearts, and then how does it become part of how they live? And so as we look at this today, um, you can turn your Bible, Bibles um, to Proverbs 4. If you didn't bring a Bible, no problem. Um, we got them on the shelves on the side. We're going to see his wisdom for his, his kids. Starting in, uh, in verse 1, it says this. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I, too, was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me, and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all of your heart. Keep my commands, and you will live. So he begins by saying, listen, hey, I, I, I need your attention. Like when you're talking to a young child and, and you're not really confident that they're listening until they make eye contact. Hey, listen, this, this is important. I want you to take these words, this wisdom that I'm giving you, and, and I want you to hide it in your heart. To go beyond just listening, to go beyond just having new thoughts, but, but, but to penetrate all the way to your heart something that you believe, that you know is true. And he says, listen, I, I was a son too. I, I'm a dad now, but, but I have a dad as well. And we know that, that Solomon's dad is who? It's, it's King David. And, and, and King David was part of Solomon being the wisest person to ever live. He departed his wisdom into Solomon, and Solomon is departing his wisdom into his children. And this is what we know, uh, some of what we know that, that King David has told Solomon. This is in First Chronicles 28. It's David speaking, and you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So this, this is the grandfather in this story. This is David. And he tells Solomon, listen, acknowledge the God of your father. And this, this word acknowledge isn't simply look at or see. It's, it, it's a call to submission, to align with the God of your father. Serve him with wholehearted devotion with all of your mind because this God, he, he searches the hearts and the minds of everyone. He's above everything. 
There's nowhere you can go that this God isn't. He searches everything. Serve him with wholeheartedness. And if you seek him, you will find life. If you seek him, you will find life. This is the, the, the wisdom that Solomon has gleaned from David and that he's giving to his children and he's saying, hold these words in your heart. Now, Proverbs talks a lot about the heart and, and I, I think it's pretty clear. It's not talking about the, the organ that lives inside your chest. Um, it's not talking about uh, emotions or, or how we might feel about someone. Um, it, it, it's talking about our, our innermost self, the truest essence of who we are, our heart. It's, it, it's this part of us that, 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 that is uh, the, the, the truest sense of who we are and our identity. And he is saying to hold this wisdom there at a belief level in your heart. Take these words and hold them with all your heart. Now Saul, Solomon recognizes something of, of, about this wisdom that, that he is given from God. Um, he, he firstly recognized that this wisdom comes from God. The, the God is the origin of wisdom. It, it's not above God. It's not something that God has access, but it's, but it's his thoughts. It's how he operates. It's, it's the things that he creates. It's the things that he does. He exudes wisdom. And, and Solomon knows that, that this is the way God thinks. And a, a few pages down in Proverbs 8, Solomon says it like this, and it's written kind of creatively. It's written from the perspective of wisdom, as though wisdom were talking. And it says this, <clears throat> the Lord brought me first, forth as the first of his works before the, the deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago, and the very, at the very beginning, when the world came to be, when there were no watery depths, I was given birth, where there were no springs overflowing with water. Before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world or its fields, or any of the dust of the earth, I was there. He set the heavens in place, when I marked down the horizon on the face of the deep. When he established the clouds above to fix securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave sea its boundaries so the waters could not overstep its command, and when he marked the foundations of the earth, then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with the delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in the whole world and delighting in mankind. God, in his wisdom, created everything. Now that... That's kind of mind-blowing if you just kind of stop and, and think about what that really means. I was watching this short video uh, here recently, and it was kind of talking about how our, our planet and, and where it's situated in, in our, our universe and our galaxy and, and, and how, it, how it moves and how it's in this perfect place where it's not too hot and not too cold and we have these seasons and, and everything from the entire universe all the way down to the atoms that make up our planet, everything is coordinated. God did that. He, he didn't need an instruction manual. He didn't have to Google it. Like, this, this is who God is. And so God isn't accessing wisdom so he can be God. He exudes wisdom. And Solomon knows this. And so Solomon is saying, hey, when we capture wisdom, we capture it in our hearts and we capture it relationally with this God. That as we spend time with this God, we become wiser because that's who he is. He exudes wisdom. He is wisdom. Solomon recognizes that wisdom leads to life, 
where, where folly leads to pain. Now, Solomon was the wisest person to ever live, but he didn't always make wise choices. You can be wise and, and choose folly. In fact, I've done it. You've done it. Um, I've, I've done it pretty recently. I have this, this thought. Well, I should say I had this thought um, of being super efficient when I'm running errands downtown. And so uh, the, the pesky work of paying for parking, like you got to find the thing, then go back to your car, put the thing in the window. I, I just never do it. This is my confession. I just never pay for parking when I'm downtown. Seven and a half years living in Portland, and I just risk it. I was in court this last Wednesday. <laughs> Mosaic. I have been brought low. I have been humbled. Within a period of, of six weeks-ish, uh, four tickets. Yeah, folly. Folly is pain, pain, pain. Paul, you can learn from folly. Going forward, I will pay my parking. Um, I, I will not get any more parking tickets if I can help it. Folly is a teacher, but, but folly is a painful teacher, right? One of my favorite quotes by Henry Thoreau, um, he says, a wise man can learn from his mistakes, but only a fool can learn no other way. So, so a wise person can learn when they make a mistake, but, but it's a fool who can only learn from their folly. They can only learn from the pain. They can't listen to advice. They can't listen to the, the wisdom that God has for us. This folly, this pain that we incur. And he's telling his, his sons, he's telling his children, hide my words in your heart because I don't want you to have a life of folly. I don't want you to have a life where the only lesson you can learn are given to you through pain and frustration and rejection. Hide these words in your heart, this wisdom that is exuded from God, it leads to life. He knows, as he's telling his children this, that there's always capacity for more wisdom. There's always a need for more wisdom. He says a few verses down in, in uh, 4-7, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. That's profound, right? The beginning of wisdom is this. Step one of wisdom is, is take another step. And then another step. Get more wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. He's saying the mark of a, of a wise person is that they are always seeking new wisdom. They're always seeking what are the ways and thoughts of the creator of the universe because I want to follow in his ways. I want to have his thoughts. I want to, to, to know his wisdom and to let that shape and guide my life instead of choosing folly. There's always a need. There's always capacity for more wisdom. In fact, as our lives go and, and they change and we incur new things and new challenges, it's, it's really demanded of us. The wisdom I have now is, is not the wisdom I had 20 years ago. Thank God. <laughs> because I wasn't a parent 30 years ago or, or 20 years ago. I wasn't married 20 years ago. I, 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 my job looked totally different. And, and, and so the, the, this need for new wisdom as we're emerging into life is, is what he is telling his children Wisdom seeks more wisdom, and it seeks more wisdom. Kids, hide this in your heart. Always pursue wisdom because it's the ways and the thoughts of God. One of my, my favorite authors, Richard Rohr, in his book, Falling Upward, he talks about people as they, they hit an event in life where they realize what, what they have 
kind of inside them in their hearts and w- whether that's wisdom or, or maturity, whatever they have is, isn't enough for what, what is needed to go forward. And, and he said, you, you kind of have these options. You, you just ignore it and become embittered. Um, you, you do the work of coming and submitting again to God in deeper ways and submitting to his wisdom in more and true, uh, true ways. Or he says, you just are the old fool. You just go with the wisdom you have and, and uh, you live a life of folly and, and, and not seeking into what God has. And so Solomon, he, he's got this. He, he can see this, and he knows that his life is not going to last forever, and so he's warning his children to hide this in their heart, to not just be something that they know, but to be something that, that they believe, that it's wedged their way in the true innermost part of who they are. And here's why. Flip over to verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. Here's these words again. Keep them within your heart. Don't let them out of your sight. Don't forget what I'm saying. Keep it within your heart, for they are life for those who find them and health to one's body. He's reiterating this over and over again. Children, capture this. Believe this. And then he says in 23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart. This place where I'm depositing wisdom beyond your intellect into the very core of your being, the things that you believe, guard your heart because all of your life is affected by your heart. More than your physical body, more than your emotions, more than your relationships, more than your intellect, your heart affects every part of your existence and your being. So he says, guard your heart. The place where you're storing and gathering this wisdom, guard it above all else. We, we uh, in our city, we're, we're pretty excited about bike riding. I don't know if you've noticed, there's like bike lanes everywhere and, and, and entire streets where half of the street has been designated for bikes only and it's kind of rampant, it's everywhere, a lot of people driving. And, 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 and living here, I found that there, there's kind of two teams there's team car and team bike, and they, they don't always see eye to eye. Um, I think team car is, is kind of frustrated because they're stuck behind a bike who's pedaling five miles an hour and they can't get around them. Um, team car gets frustrated because where there used to be parking, there are now bike lanes and, and, and we could go on and on. And, and, and team bike gets frustrated because they don't want to get ran over and you know, the, the, there's this tension going on. And, and I've, I've been firmly on team car for a long time but I've, I've got a bike this last year and then started commuting and riding a lot. I, I've switched teams. And some of you are on team car, and I know, and shame on you, but <laughs> when I moved to team bike, I, I wanted to start riding and commuting, and I bought a bike, but I, I didn't want to get a helmet. I, you know, you show up with helmet hair everywhere, and I, I, I just didn't want one. And luckily, where I lack wisdom, my wife supplements and says, you will get a helmet. And so I, I got a helmet, and it's, it's the one thing of protection that I wear. And I'm glad I wear it now, because you team car people almost ran me over once. And it, it's, protecting, it's protecting my head, which is really protecting my brain. Now, I, I don't wear gloves. I don't wear elbow pads. I don't wear shin guards or knee pads. I, I don't protect anywhere else, but, but I protect my brain, because as far as my, my physical body goes, my, my brain's kind of important, right? 
Everything that my body does comes from my, my brain. It, I need to protect it. I need to, to keep it intact as best I can. Solomon is saying, all of your existence is flowing from your heart. All of your existence, your, 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 the issues of life, the, the, these things that you are engaged in, these relationships you have, everything is touched by your heart, by that, that core of who you are. And so he says, guard it. Protect it. Wisdom is gathered in the heart through this relationship with God. It flows from our heart when we assimilate that wisdom into our daily living, when we begin to actually integrate it and live it out. And then wisdom, that wisdom that we're integrating, guards our heart. Now, Solomon isn't advocating that that we become hard-hearted or that, that we become guarded in that we're pushing relationships away, um, we're pushing risk away, that, that we're not sharing our life. He's, he's not advocating for that. He's advocating that the wisdom that's deposited in our heart is integrated into our lives. Because when we live with the thoughts and the ways that God has, it leads to life. It, it, it guards us. Now, caveat to this, you can have wisdom and, and not be in a relationship with God, right? Th- these are truths that are true no matter what. People can access wisdom and, and not be in a relationship with God, but, but it's not what he intended. The intent is the wisdom growing in our hearts is a byproduct of our being influenced by him in this relationship. It's kind of like I, I can go home today and uh, I want to work on my, my truck, and so I'm going to go onto YouTube and I'm going to Google what I'm trying to do, and, and I'm going to watch what they're doing, and, and I'm going to try to mimic it the best I can. Sometimes that's going to work. Sometimes that's not going to work. But at the end of the day, at best, I'm mimicking something that I'm seeing. I, I, I don't actually have the wisdom of this mechanic. God doesn't want us to mimic wisdom. He wants it to be in our hearts because of relationship with him. He wants it to be integrated into our daily lives, flowing from who he has created us to be. In fact, integration, the the, the root word from that is the same word where we get uh, integrity. The the integrity is integration with my values in my life. What I believe is demonstrated with how I live. That's that's integration, that's integrity. And and when I am not living based on my values, when I I have wisdom in my heart, but I'm choosing folly, there's a, a lack of integrity. I'm, I'm, I'm disintegrous when that happens. And so this, this idea of, of, of integrity is integrating the wisdom that's in our hearts into our lives. The truths, the words, the thoughts of God that he has deposited in me because of our relationship integrated into my life. Proverbs 11.3, uh, it says, the integrity of the upright guides them but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. The integrity of the upright, the integration of wisdom in the hearts of the upright integrated into their daily living, it guides them. It's the thoughts and the ways of God present in their daily living. But then he warns, but but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. The unfaithful are destroyed because they're not integrating this wisdom within the heart into their lives. So what, is it, what does it look like to integrate this wisdom? 
Solomon says that, that we capture this in our heart. If we have relationship with God, we, we have this growing influence of him on us. And so, firstly, it's just living out the wisdom that we already have. That's a good place to start, right? The, the wisdom that I already have says we live in a, a city full of cops and meter maids, and I'm required to pay for parking. I should probably do this. The folly mind says, no, this, it'll be okay. So do you, do, you, do you see the distinction there? Living out the wisdom that we already have. Most of the folly that happens in my life doesn't happen because I don't understand. It happens because I choose folly. Most of the pain that you're experiencing, it probably comes from not a place of lack of understanding, but from choosing folly. If you want to get a really good picture of this, hang out with like a 13-year-old. I have one of the, those living in my house, and it just is like, I don't know. They say that the, the hemispheres of the brain aren't, aren't quite connected and frontal lobe stuff. I, I don't know, but I can watch folly happen, like in slow motion, and say, did you think something different was going to happen? Did, you knew, right? Like, you knew, but you still, uh, and, and, and it's so clear and easy to see in my 13-year-old but it's just as clear and present in my own life. Uh, of times where, where I know the ways of God, I know the thoughts of God, I know the best that he has, I know the path that he's laid out, it's in my heart and, and, and it leads to life and yet I, I, I reach for folly. Integrating this wisdom into how I live. It starts with just living out the wisdom that we already have. It starts when we listen to and follow what God says. So the Proverbs is the book of wisdom, but, but there's actually wisdom in cover to cover in this. And then James 1, James says wisdom, wisdom isn't hard to find. God's, he's not hiding his wisdom from you. He doesn't want you to be confused. He, he, he doesn't want to lord it over you. He doesn't want you to be in the dark and, and to not understand. And in fact, James 1 tells us, if, if you want wisdom, do you know what you do? You ask. You ask him. And it says that he's faithful, that he gives it freely, that he wants you to have this wisdom the same way that Solomon wanted his kids to hide it in their heart at that belief level. God wants you to have wisdom in the same way. He says, but when you ask for it, don't doubt. Don't, don't be duplicit. Don't ask for wisdom and then choose to live on folly. I'm going to ask for wisdom and put it on the shelf and, and, and live and follow because that wisdom is not going to do me any good. He says that you have to be a hearer and a doer. Otherwise, we are, we are like a wave tossed in the sea back and forth by every influence, by all kinds of things. Wisdom is readily available to you. Where, where, where are you needing wisdom right now? With work. Where are you needing wisdom with, with, with finances of how, how to know what to do? Where are you needing it as, as, as a parent in relationship? Where are you needing it in school? God, God is ready to give you wisdom. The invitation is to hear what he says and respond. It, it, it's not enough to, to have the wisdom and, and, and even within my heart at a belief level and to not integrate it into my life. Hearing and responding. Solomon ends this, this passage in, in four um, by saying this. 
Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt, corrupt talk from your, far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths at your feet. And be steadfast in all your ways. Don't turn to the right or the left, but keep your foot from evil. Solomon, with his kids, says, hide this wisdom in your heart because what's in your heart is going to be evident in your life. It's going to flow out of your heart and be evident in your life. And as you go, stick to the path. Don't turn to the left or to the right. Don't, don't uh, talk the way that mockers talk. Don't, don't do these things and, and stick to the path. And for Solomon, he knows that at some point, like every other human except for one, he's going to breathe his last and be done. And that the wisdom that he has can outlive him, but, but he's not going to be there to guide them. Up to this point, he can parent. He can say, this is what wisdom is. Now let me show you how to do it. But at some point, he, he's going to be gone. They have to choose these things themselves. But that's not our story. Our story is this. Our father wants us to ask him for wisdom. He wants to give it freely. Then he wants to walk with us. He wants to journey with us, teaching us as we go, being ever present. When I think about that, the image I get is just like a, a, a parent and a child walking in a forest together on a trail. That, that, that there's wisdom being given, but there's also guidance through, through presence. God wants to be present with us in this request for wisdom. And God is gracious with our folly. And it's, it's the folly of humanity that, that God had to address when he sent his only son into this world. It's the folly of humanity that, that put Jesus on the cross. But it's the power of God that supersedes the, fall, the folly of humanity.